The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Good morning and welcome to episode 2 of the Offspin, the Spin-Off's Cricket World Cup podcast brought to you by Coffee Supreme. And when I say good morning, I really, really do mean good morning. It's 2.17am on Sunday morning and the Black Caps have just opened their World Cup campaign by demolishing Sri Lanka by 10 wickets. They had a target of 137 to chase down, and they brought it up in the 16th over. It was probably one of the easiest wins they will have this year. I'm joined here today, as always, by the spin-off self-appointed cricket editor, Simon Day. Good morning, Alex. And one of Simon's favourite sports writers, Callum Henderson. Good morning. Uh, g'day, guys. How's it going? Callum actually yeah. wrote a beautiful uh, essay for 1972 magazine um, for the last issue about what he's learnt about sport from watching us lose. So it's, it's a must read. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, can we just briefly talk about how we all got here today? Like our journey into the studio at 2.17am uh, to talk about this game of cricket how what, what were you up to Simon my, my journey evening? started an hour north of Auckland at um our family beach house at Omaha and um I planned to leave between innings um but when Sri Lanka rapidly lost wickets I realized that in order to watch any with the two of you I would have to um leave a little bit earlier so at about 60 for six I jumped in the car um, picked up Callum, an hour later picked up Callum, picked up you, stopped into um, spin-off boss Duncan Greaves' house, made some omelettes, watched Colin Munro and Martin Guptill, um quickly chase down the total, and now it's the middle of the night and we're in the studio bringing you the um, the finest takes on the Cricket World Cup. Yeah, it's pretty good. I I personally was out at a wedding. I would just like to quickly say Nastrovia to my good friends Tali and Ben. Got home in the 20th over, and it was incredibly grim. Sri Lanka were already six down in the 20th over. And to be honest, I think the most grim part of it was that over the entire Sri Lankan innings, their captain Karuna Ratna carried his bat he brought up his 50 when they were nine down so the question has got to be were New Zealand brilliant was that an an astonishingly good bowling performance or are Sri Lanka just rubbish 
a bit of both. Um, I thought we bowled really well. Uh, interestingly, Trent Bolt bowled the worst out of mm. all our players, so it was really great to see um, the other parts of the team step up. But I do think Sri Lankan cricket is in a state of disrepair, and it's really sad. I love Sri Lankan cricket. You know, Mahela Jayawardner and Kumar Sangakara own a restaurant together. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called again? Hey, in fairness, uh, like Mister Mister Noodles, Ministry of Ministry of Ministry of Crab, Ministry of Crab. You know that? Should they be? You know, is it, is it really cool to hear Kumar commentating? His his insight was fantastic, but mm. he was sorely missed on the field. It's, he was um like quite restrained. He like. I would have thought he would have got a shilling from Mr. Crab, like hard out, right? <laughs> well, like, I mean, they were playing in Wales. Surprisingly restrained. Like, uh, would Crab... We didn't mention it once. Would Crab, we had to Google it. We had to like... <laughs> but, you know, would uh, if you were in a position where once upon a time you had been a, a real demigod of the sport and now you were watching your country uh, really put in an abysmal performance to start off this tournament... Would you be able to get hype for it in in that sort of sense? I mean, would you be able to get up for it? I guess he's got a job to do, but it must have been a really hard watch. You know, this is an illustrious cricketing nation, and it's and I guess these these things go in cycles. We're we're used to being not very good, and we're cycling up at the moment. We had the very sad cycle of the West Indies, uh, who appear to be in a better place. But I, I do. I do look forward to uh, Sri Lankan cricket being um, restored at some point soon. Interesting that you'd mentioned the West Indies. I'd like to talk about them in a little bit. But in the meantime, just talking about this game, what uh, I mean, what can we take from uh, a 10-wicket win in which the opening partnership didn't bat particularly well but still managed to finish the game in 16-odd overs without losing a wicket I mean, does that mean that Colin Munro is now the opener for the Black Caps for the whole tournament? Yeah, come on. <laughs> who's dropping him? Well, Henry Nichols deserves a I spot don't know, who's the Who's the chairman of selectors right now? Because I might ring them and ask them I to. I mean, you know, <laughs> stay with it. It's, it's, it's a, hopefully a positive problem, but it's, it's the perfect way for the New Zealand team to start the World Cup. We've actually been blessed with. Uh, Sri Lanka followed by Bangladesh and then Afghanistan to allow us to sort of find ourselves going forward hopefully although you know none of them are actually easy beats in this tournament but I do think it's a great way to, to set, set the tone it wasn't a full strength team all the bowlers stepped up we fielded really well caught well it was it was it was the great way to start you know you, easy wins like that don't always come along and it's a it's a really positive um, tone to set for the rest of the tournament. Now, in terms of the bowling effort, Simon Day, you wrote a column recently absolutely savaging the captaincy of Kane Williamson, <laughs> saying that Brendan McCullum was, uh, you know, they basically, if I can paraphrase your column, you were saying that they should bring Brendan McCullum and his ageing knees out of retirement just so that he could be a non-batting, non-bowling captain. Um, I, and again, I say I'm paraphrasing there, but uh, I mean, what what did you think of the captaincy in this game? Did, did it seem like innovative, interesting things were happening? So I don't think that's quite a fair uh, representation of what I wrote. No, like I, I said, I'm paraphrasing. Okay, actually, I'm uh, paraphrasing. I don't <laughs> it was a love letter to Brendan and the way that his leadership inspired the team and the country. And I've felt like that 
specific inspiration, that sort of mongrel and um, pure enjoyment for playing the game had slightly been missing. Um, but, you know, all credit to the team and to Kane Williamson um, this evening. They uh, looked really, really uh, hyped to be at the World Cup. His captaincy was great. Um, you know, there was that moment where he um, saw Munro's pace troubling the Sri Lankan batsman, uh, Mendes, and he moved uh, Nisham into gully as a representation of that, and next ball, he was caught at gully. The team, the team looked really excited to be out there. So maybe Kane had read my column uh, and <laughs> had, you know, maybe some of the other team had read it too and they'd been inspired to step up because of that. But I, I do stand by that um, there's still something that's just slightly lacking in, in the team's um, mana and the, uh, the visibility of that joy that they were getting during the Brendan McCullum era. Sorry, just quickly, you mean Lockie Ferguson, right? Sorry, what Rather did I say? Rather than Munro? Lockie Ferguson. Yes. Excuse me. Um, who hit the deck really hard. Oh. Who who came in a lot stronger and potentially this is an opportunity for him to take some relatively flat pitches, which looks like the World Cup is going to be played on, uh, and actually use that pace and bounce to his advantage for once. It looks like pace is going to be the the parry to the dominance of the bat that's been happening at the moment. In the, in the, in the first three games, we've seen um, pace have a real effect on uh, batsmen. We watched Andre Russell bowl someone off his helmet, Fakhar, who was mm. the in-batsman mm. for Pakistan. Mm. We saw um, England with their new fast bowler, whose name has slipped my mind. Jofra Archer. Jofra Archer, yeah. what a cool name. He, um, he hit Hashim Amla in the head and he had to uh, retire hurt. So, you know, this is one of the greatest batsmen in history getting uh, troubled for pace, which is exciting. Mm. Then again, Hashim Amla is about 700 years old now, so, you know. Yeah, he he doesn't look like he can throw or run anymore. With the bat, they didn't bat particularly well. They mishit a lot of shots. A lot of runs came through third man. Does that matter anymore, though, that there's, you know, seemingly no technique to speak of? But the runs just get blagged out somehow. It wasn't fluid, no. Um, but I think um, the fact that neither of them were dismissed, they got some valuable time on um, at the crease, and they did hit some great shots out of the middle. There were some um, big sixes from both players, and that's going to be the difference between us going far in this World Cup is if Martin Guptill and um, whoever joins him at the top of the order can find um, some high strike rates. That'll, that'll set the platform to allow um, Kane and Ross to, to build through those middle overs. So, Callum, we brought you in today primarily because of your expertise in ranking, uh, particularly the jerseys of sports teams. Now, where does the 2019 Cricket World Cup Black Caps uniform rate in the Pantheon? as far as you're concerned. That white collar, I feel like it's a mistake, you know? How so? Like, it remi- what it reminds me of is, you know those, like, business shirts where, like, the collar and the cuffs are a different colour to the rest of the shirt? Mm. Like, I, I hate those shirts. It's not, mm. it's, that's not trending at the moment, you know? Has it Has it uh, been trending? Ever? It trended, it trended at one stage. It was, um, 
quite cool for a while, but not at the moment. I think, and uh, it's also it's like a weird, it's like a weird cut. When the, when the, like watching it today, they're like when they when the players have it down, it looks bad, and so and and like they seem to know that, and so they'll pull it put it up, and so they like play with a popped collar. Mm. That's not good either. Mm. I mean, and then like, I mean. I don't ask for too much, but I mean, just like have just like a plain black shirt, I reckon, because like uh, like they got this like white collar on a black shirt. Potentially, that could be fine, but it's not. And then um, they've also got all this like like piping all over the shirt, like all the like white lines. Yeah, is that? Shirt. I mean, that sort and of looks like, like the sort of thing they put on to make them run faster or something. It, it, yeah, it seems like it's like aerodynamic rather than aesthetic. It's just like, what are you afraid of? You know, just like do do a little bit of like sublimation if you want to. Put a little sublimated fern on the back. We're all like, you know, you kind of you kind of expect and you kind of like can accept that kind of thing. But just like, no one's really asking for piping. No one's asking for like a different colour collar. You know, just we're all into basics. You know, mm. I guess very popular these days, and I think. Um, <laughs> We all just kind of like simple. want like a simple, simple and effective. We just want like a simple, like you know, a plain, a plain tee that we can all just like get behind. Because it's only like a half white collar. It reminds me of the when the black, uh, the All Blacks brought back the white collar. And they had like, the, that fucking like toilet seat kind of. They had like it, it, exactly know, they had like toilet seat around them there, you know, and, and like that was better than what the Blackers have got at the moment. Because at least it wasn't like an up or down kind of d- dilemma, you know. So New Zealand cricket team has had a crazy number of different iterations of their uniform that there's sort of a f- 24 official ones now this you rate this Callum 17 out of 24 yeah what is your favorite New Zealand cricket shirt I mean like a personal favorite to be honest I was like looking at photo I was like having a look on Getty Images the other day I actually love the 96 World Cup I feel like that's a hugely underrated uniform it's really well, weird where our name on it is N dot Zealand. It's like they didn't. Like I, yeah, like I hated that at first, but now I actually love it. All and of the nineteen ninety six uniforms had to be very much on a theme as well. So yeah. they all they all that looked basically co- the same. Co- does that does that have an impact on no, this? Because yeah, New Zealand's out co- of. There, there was a thing with ninety six and ninety two. Like I mean, ninety two is obviously the best. It's like you know cliche to say that ninety two was the coolest uniforms of all time. And 96 was kind of the same. It was like every every team had like standardised uniform and it, it all followed the same kind of like... But 96 though had like... Um, it was the first year to have the player names on the back. Mm. And also it had the um, cigarette sponsorship from Willis. <laughs> which is... Um, I mean, not to endorse uh, smoking darts, but when has, it, when has the cigarette sponsorship ever really done you wrong? I mean... Benson's and Hedges World Cup. Benson Hedges World Series. So the first packet of cigarettes cigarettes I ever bought was on the Inter-Island of Ferry using the vending machine, trying to be real sneaky, as about 12. And I went straight to the B&H special filter because of my deep relationship with the 1992 World Cup. Because you just wanted to, like, feel in a way connected to, like, the Australian, New Zealand... South Africa tri-series. See, that's incredible that you would say that because I have talked to people who say that they absolutely cannot smoke Benson and Hedges cigarettes because that was the name of the tournament when New Zealand came so close but then completely fell apart. 
Yeah, was, yeah. No, but it was and, you know, still it's my... like a negative brand association for no, you No, that now. tournament was still the you know, one of the best moments of my life. You're currently wearing a 1999 clear black caps it's uniform. Telstra clear black caps. Telstra, sorry, my mistake. Uh, Simon Day is wearing a 1991-92 uh, World, World Cup. Uh, the the classic else? one. I'm wearing a West Indies uniform for some reason. But uh, can can I just get you to assess where both your one and Simon's one come up against uh, the current straight black shirt with popped white collar? Uniform. Where where do they rate against them? Current shirt, I put firmly middle of the field. Simon's one, the classic '92 World Cup. I mean, that's the number one. It's not a controversial decision. Mm. I mean, is that just the association of for once? We talked about it on the last episode, but for once, you know, New Zealand's cricketing pride was sort of all hanging out, and that's what we associate the 92 shirt with rather than it necessarily being a good shirt. I mean, it's got I blue, like, green, red, white like stripes. Ob- What's like going on there? I feel objectively good. What's but... great about it as well is the fact it had... Um, it was the first Cricket World Cup where they played in coloured uniforms, mm. um, and it was that... Uh, it was the first Cricket World Cup where South Africa was brought back in, um, and everyone wore the same... Was that okay, by the way? Was South Africa like allowed to be allowed back in? Yeah, well, it was. Oh, yeah. It was. It was, was, it was post- it like all above board. Was it all PC? It was. It was a big thing. It was. It was. It had a um, similar effect to the 1995 Rugby would World it, Cup. Would it like hold up to, to today's standards? It, it would stuff, hold up to careers. today's PC mm. madness. That's good. Um, but they all, everyone wore the same iteration of the shirt, just in different colours. And it, yeah. I just, to me, what it represents is this weird uh, fact that we don't really have a national colour. Firstly. Um, we were beige, <laughs> what? Uh, and then <laughs> our next uh, choice was grey. Like, what do people think New Zealand is? Just some, like, boring afterthought at the bottom of the world. And then the weirdest but kind of coolest of all, although Callum isn't a huge fan of the teal era, uh, is the teal era. Like, what? Was were we, we weren't even sponsored by Air New Zealand, but we just went full teal. It was, it was glorious and strange. I'm going to shock you. I actually love the teal. Why did the 1999 World Cup come in very last uh, in the ranking? Yeah, like we don't rank them. Well, like, here's the thing. Ranking all the uniforms and all that kind of thing. Like, number one, 92 World Cup. That's so obvious. I had to do something controversial. And so the I made the teal one the worst one. And, I mean, I, do I actually believe that? No. I ha- Like, <laughs> in in reality, all the, like modern day like boring black ones are the worst but you know I had to like make a statement actually 999 World Cup was actually in, if, if, if anything like a high point for New Zealand cricket fashion because like it's not only because it's not only like the teal uniform thing that I'm wearing right now with like the ferns around the chest and that kind of thing but they also had like do you remember like they had like those like actual like silver jackets the the track suits were amazing and like you've got guys wearing them like Roger Twos and like Gavin Larson when he's like really old. Really not high performance dudes, were they? And like Jeff Jeff Allen was like the basically the player of the tournament. Took the most wickets, tied with Shane Warne. He was absolutely nailed. He was like going off. I like this coffee. I just love um, having the tournament in England. I'm really enjoying seeing. Yeah, that's um, a good. Um, you know, seeing places like Cardiff and Bristol and Birmingham um, be a part of this because cricket is such an important part of England. But I don't really know anything about Cardiff other than um, 
Well, it's in Wales I know, to start with. It's in Wales, and but everything Wales. everything I know about it's in Wales. <laughs> everything I know about Cardiff is based off um, the film Human Traffic. It's interesting that you'd bring up England and all of these places because they're actually about to launch a brand new cricketing competition, which some people. Uh, and, you know, this is just a personal opinion, but some people believe it's the stupidest uh, idea that has ever been come up with. It's called The Hundred, and one of the features of it is that they're going to dispense with every sort of county-based cricket thing that sustained English cricket for so long and start just doing city-based franchises with, uh, frankly, stupid names. I mean, thoughts? I think it's really sad. I don't think uh, cricket needs another um, format, and county cricket is the sort of heart and soul of... um, It's where world cricket sort of grows from, in my opinion. Um, You know, you have people like Ross Taylor going over and playing for Middlesex, and uh, Jesse Ryder continuing his career Mm. at places like Essex. He had a fantastic stint at Essex. Actually, he turned into a, a genuine all-rounder. He was taking five, six wicket bags at times. You know, take a man out of the public eye and let him do his thing, and it, and it could be quite special. Um, but I, I think I don't like the 100. Um, I think, uh, you know, ODI cricket has reached, 50-over cricket has reached a really great spot. Um, T20 has helped create that. Test cricket is in a really healthy place. Leave it alone. Well, with the, I mean, with those formats though, and, and so far in the ODI World Cup, we've seen, uh, we've seen South Africa lose to England by about a hundred runs. We've seen Pakistan lose to the West Indies, who chased down uh, their total in I think about fourteen overs. Uh, we've just seen New Zealand absolutely pummel Sri Lanka. We're halfway through a recording at the moment, but as things stand. It looks like Afghanistan is probably going to lose pretty heavily to Australia as well. I mean, is that one of the arguments for moving to more T20 and, and even more shorter formats? No, I love 50-over games. It gives you a chance to get... You know, the, these first four matches haven't been um, haven't been perfect representa- representations of the format, but when it's right, it's a chess match. It's... Um, you see different tactics come out during different parts of the game, and and that if it finishes tight, it's one of the most uh, emotional um, finishes in sport. Is a really tight fifty over game. Mm. I'm I'm comfortable with the way cricket looks right now. I think it's in a in a really um, really special state. Speaking of those other games, I'm. I'm very chuffed at the moment because so far, in terms of the predictions I made at the start of the tournament for where every team finishes, so far every result has conformed to that out of, you know, three. I think especially your prediction about England going a really long way was um, affirmed in that opening game. They basically didn't bat that well. One of their stars got out second ball, um, Johnny Bairstow, and they just sort of patched together 311 without ever trying that hard. Um, I Their batting lineup just goes so deep. Um, Joss Butler couldn't hit a, hit a boundary and they still uh, score over 300. And then to, then to just see them pull South Africa apart. What I want to do quickly as well is call out Nasser Hussein. Um, <laughs> ben Stokes took 
an oh, extraordinary yeah. catch uh, in the outfield against South Africa. And Nasser Hussein lost his shit a bit. Um, <laughs> but like in such a bad way. No, but he called it like the greatest catch that's ever been caught. And no, um, he, that's it was pretty good. It, like it, no, it was pretty good. No, but it wasn't. It was not better than Matthew Sinclair's catch at the MCG mm. in two thousand and four. It was See, at what, full okay, stretch. No, what, it was going. You know, I was going faster. I I I think. Uh, Nasser Hussein uh, needs to watch that YouTube immediately. He just sounded so bored. No, you can't catch that. No. See, I would agree with you up to... I I think the Ben Stokes catch was a better catch if you only look at the catch. But what made the Matthew Sinclair one so amazing is that he turned around and pointed to the crowd afterwards. No, but Sinclair yeah, was also... Mongrel. Sinclair was travelling... Uh, sort of laterally, and then had to launch himself out at full extension. He was horizontal to the ground. Ben Stokes was, you know, a little bit out of position, had come to, in too far off the boundary, and had to leap backwards to compensate for his own mistakes. Stokes, he was a, like a club, that was like a club catch. <laughs> I've seen... How many club catches I've seen. I've seen my friend Joe that. Swinburne take a better catch than that. Anywho. You know, overrated, <laughs> overrated catch. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. Um, <laughs> Remember Deep Hat Patel back in 1988? That was a catch. <laughs> um, okay, so the next game the Black Caps have coming up is a 12.30 a.m. start. It is against Bangladesh. Now, uh, this this game against Sri Lanka, we'll forget about that. I, I believe we were talking about them in the first episode as something of a nothing team. I don't think you can put Bangladesh in that same category now. Bangladesh is a b- banana skin team, baby. Mm, mm. I mean, they've got Tamim Iqbal. Uh, they've got Mushfiqur Rahim. Both very good batsmen. They've got Shakib Al-Hassan, who's probably still up there as one of the best all-rounders in the world, depending on how you slice it. Uh, do they necessarily have the players to, you know, win in English conditions, though? I promised a friend that if we won tonight that I would show more faith in the Black Caps team. Um, he was a little bit disappointed about my downness on uh, our potential to go deep in this tournament. So I'm going to say uh, for Tim Kidd that there's absolutely no hope for Bangladesh to do anything uh, <laughs> against the Black Caps. So we've got this game in the bag. Um, you know, after that performance, seeing Gupto and uh, Munro find some runs, some other bowlers do something different. This is uh, this is our time, and we're just going to roll uh, through Bangladesh. I, I think easily again. Well, the the some other players doing something different, some other bowlers doing something different as well. You, uh, we didn't talk about this at the start, but Tim Southey, who has been a mainstay of the Black Caps for the past decade or so, he was ruled out before the game. Matt Henry came in, got man of the match, bowled very very nicely in seeming conditions. Does Matt Henry hold his spot? And also, does that potentially just rule out uh, the likes of Ish Sodi uh, ever playing a game in this entire tournament? I mean, the pace attack is working quite well. Do you go for spin? Do you bring back Southey? Do you give Henry another game? Do you? But no, it's a, it's a good, good issue to have for the selectors. Uh, I think if you win man of the match, especially after being taken for a, more than 100 runs off your less than 10 overs, that's recognition of some heart and some uh, courage. So I think Matt Henry has to stay. I don't, I don't know what you do with Tim Southey. If it's not swinging, is, is Tim Southey merely a sort of bowling machine? 
Well, he could be. He could be in a, in this era of one-day cricket where the ball doesn't swing quite so much because they have two new balls at each end and and batsmen are getting used to aiming to score 350, 400 in a match. Maybe Southie doesn't quite have a place in this team anymore. I don't know. That seems almost like heresy to say, but say he is fully fit for the Bangladesh game. Yeah, I mean, does he come back? It's hard, hard call. I'm going like, to say no. I, f- I feel like no. I feel like keep him on the outer, you know. He's, keep has he, has keep he, him out sleeve. Has he keep him hungry? Um, has he become the Kyle Mills, the um, the statesman on the sidelines? Mm. He might be very good at running drinks. Who knows? Hopefully he doesn't talk as much shit as Kyle did in the um, the quarterfinal yeah. against South Africa. Something Kyle uh, regretted eventually and has talked about. But I, I actually did what enjoy happened? it. Uh, Kyle ran out the... Um, Kyle ran out the drink bottles after Faf Duplessis ran out AB de Villiers and mm. and gave him a bit of a serve and um, Kyle. no it was, it was quite exciting it was uh, a bit of mongrel in the cricket and um, yeah I, I was all right with that to be honest uh, I mean it's kind of like when you see in rugby games when there's a bit of an all in brawl and then the subs come off the bench and everyone runs on and it's not yeah it's not very cricket but I'd like um, I'd like to see a little bit more of that sort of engagement bit of you know not as long as it's not dirty sledging i think it, it's all good i'd to be honest if i uh, had the opportunity i'd love to become the drake of the new zealand cricket team oh, oh you you would eh? i'd yeah. love to be courtside <laughs> so drake um throughout the nba play, drake's the toronto raptors biggest fan and throughout the playoffs has been very want, visible very animated like gary steered like a sh- shoulder massage Especially if it was like a semi-formal <laughs> ambassador role. And I wanted to give one more commentator, seeing I'm now uh, you know, a self-appointed ambassador, I'd like to give one more commentator a little bit of shit. Um, I think Simon Dool needs to up his game. <laughs> Simon Dool appears to actually know very little about cricket, and we probably appear to know very little about cricket, but we're not getting paid to do this. You know, it's 2.30 on a Saturday. This is on my own time. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, he took nine seven he, test he, wickets. Nine seven test wickets. That doesn't shady. that doesn't make you a uh, a good commentator. He his 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 lack of insight is um, alarming. Um, his his bad metaphors and low level chat is is really disappointing. And I perhaps Simon needs to uh, get a photo of himself from the ninety ninety World Cup um, sort of fo- folder. They've done the players' shots. He Callum uh, resurfaced this actually. He looks amazing, and I think he, he might, might need so to grow a goatee. Uh, he put, looks so good. Put, put in <laughs> is it two? Is his earrings different sizes? If, but if he, if he looked at that photo, he would be inspired to do a better job. You know, like that. That that was a man um, of prowess and of mana, <laughs> and I think he's sort of he, he's letting uh, himself down at the moment. I mean, like, he can't talk about Padamahoe soil over there because it's all um, English soil. It's an inspirational photo. I think if he if he looked at that photo and then looked at himself in the mirror. Are we editing this to, like, make it sound like we didn't, like... Well, it would be easier if you didn't <laughs> stop interrupting. Like, um, just doing, like, libel. <laughs> it's okay, you can, like... Hint. <laughs> Um, what he's no. got is like one. He's like, like earrings in both ears. 
one earring is like a thick earring, like a thick hoop, and the other earring is like two. The, the other ear is like two thinner earrings. I'm like, what does that signify? You know, what, I does, what does that symbolise? I think if he looked at that photo and then looked at himself in the mirror now, I think he would immediately step up to the plate and work really hard to be, you know. The present version of that man he once was. Like Does he like still wear the earrings at all? Uh, yeah, that's a good question actually. Like he definitely doesn't have the goatee. I think mm. he needs to shave a goatee the, and put the um, earrings back in. The, get, get the goatee, get the sideburns, get the earrings back, and get your mana back. You know, that'll solve. That would solve everything. Mm. And like, I don't know. Just like, I, mean, I can't say. Well, uh, on that entirely unsolicited and probably completely unwanted advice for Simon Dill, who hopefully doesn't listen to this podcast, that imagine, will probably imagine be. If he does. Imagine he's like so, like imagine he's such like he's like um, Mike Puru just like listens to every single bit of media, probably even this. Imagine, if, uh, <laughs> imagine Simon Dill is the same. Imagine that he loves the media. I'm gonna have another cup of uh, coffee supreme because yes. I have to drive back. Oh, I have to drive back to Omaha I now. Oh. That's a good idea, actually. Before you do, you should probably also have a quick nap before you you oh, do, I'll just in the interests of I won't. Safety. I won't need to have a nap because I've had so much. Uh, I've got to try and I'm um, fall asleep like without being like plagued by regrets and um, you know. I think you've performed well, Callum. A little bit of editing required, but you've done well. Yeah, it's now exactly three o'clock on the dot, and so it's no, definitely no, still young. Time to should we just like no, it's still young for you, but should we just like take two and just do this? I feel like we should just take two and do this podcast completely over. No, the, the, the second round is never as good as the first, so I think we take what we've got, which I'm really proud of. Um, and and we get ready for the next episode because I I'm 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 running out of gas, mm. it's late. Can um, we um ASMR this um coffee slipping? Catherine McGregor won't listen if you're drinking on the if you're drinking I mean, or eating on the as, mic. As if she's listening anyway. But I get a good way to go out. How are you feeling about Black Caps' chances after they've played one game? Mine um, have certainly risen. Do you want me to ask you that as a question? Oh, I can ask questions. It doesn't have to be all about you, Alex. I but feel like they're going to like just miss out on the playoffs because of like some like shitty like rain. It'll be like a rained off game against Zimbabwe. And they're they're like, not even here. And, and they're like just missing. They're not out. even at the tournament. <laughs> say, say, say the... <laughs> Zimbabwe not at the World Cup. No. <laughs> this is great content. <laughs> I feel like probably, uh, I mean, I'd love to see them obviously make the final, maybe even win the World Cup, who knows. But <laughs> I feel like probably... <laughs> Oh, uh, let's start this whole bit again. Should we just uh, try and escape? Just like start from, from this like, room. Right from the beginning. Should we just try and escape from this room somehow? Yeah, yeah quick. Someone okay. Try. So that, uh, I mean, that is all we've got time for. It's now 3.02 a.m. by my count. It's been a pleasure having you on, Callum Henderson, with your expertise. Yeah, thanks. If you're like, um, <laughs> if you're listening and you're doing the maths, you think how do they get from two forty something to like three or two, and this podcast is only like twenty minutes long. It's cause <laughs> quite a lot has been edited out because there's been um, libel, potentially libel or stuff about Simon Dool. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically that's why the podcast is shorter than it sounds like. But um, anyway, thanks for having me on. 
And um, the night like, is young for like, Callum. Send me a DM if you want to know what I've heard about Simon Doyle, you know. <laughs> and we will be back for episode three after the Bangladesh game. We probably won't do it in quite the same strategic way uh, in terms of just staying up all night and fueling ourselves with Coffee Supreme to make that possible. Uh, but either way, right after the Bangladesh game, uh, we will have a podcast for you, episode three, and it will still be brought to you by Coffee Supreme. And thank you for keeping the road safe tonight uh, as I um, drive home Coffee Supreme. Cricket, cricket. Put that on the top. And then there's like... Yeah, some podcasts play like a... Um, yeah. They have like a little snippet of the chat first. Mm. Then they mm. That can be it. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.